Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with John DeWald, CEO and co-founder of Helix Intel, an asset management platform that raised $17.6 million in funding. John, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, Brett. Really nice to meet you. Super excited to chat. So to kick things off, can we just start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background? Yeah, for sure. So born and raised in beautiful, sunny Buffalo, New York. Lifelong entrepreneur, honestly. You know, when I was in high school, started a lawn mowing business and you know, outside of a four-year stint in the Marine Corps, uh, where I did a couple tours overseas in the early 2000s, I um, really have been in entrepreneurship ever since. Started my first company when I was a, a freshman in college. Wow. Well, first off, thank you for your service. And second, I, I'd like to ask you, what did you take away from the military? I'm sure there were a lot of valuable life lessons that you learned, but if you had to pick maybe like one or two, what would they be? <laughs> There's so many life lessons. I think the thing that was the most memorable to me is to be flexible. And I'll give you a quick story. I signed up in legal administration. You know, I'm an Eagle Scout. I always wanted to be a lawyer growing up. And so that was my plan. And 9-11 happened and they switched a lot of the Marines to, you know, combat infantry battalions. And so I went from thinking I was going to be a lawyer to you know, actually, you know, in Iraq, in the infantry battalion and had to, you know, just had to be really flexible and, you know, being 18 at the time, right? So right out of high school, it was an incredible life lesson. And that has really stuck with me throughout my entire life. Yeah, I can imagine. So you're 18 and all of a sudden you find yourself in Iraq? <laughs> Pretty much. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's wild. For sure. Now let's switch gears and you know, we'd like to ask just a couple of questions to really better understand what makes you tick. So first one is what founder or CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about that? The founders that I actually admire the most are family founders. I come from a very entrepreneurial family and you know, my brother founded a fuel cell company with a few other fellas and you know, they've raised a tremendous amount of capital as well as my aunts and uncles who are all entrepreneurial and have you know, from construction companies to packaging, manufacturing companies, it really runs in my family and, you know, something that I've always, I've always looked up to. And obviously, you know, I have deep respect for all the famous tech titans who have been so incredible in San Francisco and, and around, but, you know, the ones who have really impacted me the most in my life are those who have, who have touched it. And is it a surprise for you or it sounds like it's not a surprise that you ended up becoming an entrepreneur because it's in the family? <laughs> it is. My parents were both educators. And so, you know, very deep push towards, you know, pushing the boundaries, critical thinking, experiencing life. And between that and, and as I said, the rest of the, the aunts and uncles and family kind of just was bred into it. So, so I guess not too surprised. That's awesome. And another question we like to ask, it's about books. And the way we like to frame this is, uh, I stole this from someone else, but they call it a quick book. So, they defined a Quake book as a book that like rocks you to your core. It really just changes how you think about the world and, and really how you approach life. Do you have any Quake books that come to mind? 
I'm a big fan of biographies. And so I don't do, you know, fortunately, I think it's, you know, obviously upbringing and business has come very natural to me. And so for me, really the psychology of famous individuals, a book I, I love like Washington, right? It's, I think it's it's called A Life or famous characters throughout throughout history. I just love digging in and hearing their experiences and and sometimes the stories that they tell. And, you know, for me, that's really been impactful to you know, how I gauge my life and, and not how I run, you know, the companies that I've been a part of. Have you heard of the podcast, The Founders? I have, yes. Okay. Yeah. I just got turned onto that like a month ago and same thing. I love reading biographies, but some of them are so damn long. You know, they take like 20, 30 hours to read. So finding yeah. that podcast where you can get like a nice 45 minute summary, that was life changing, I would say. Yeah, I believe it, man. <laughs> you have like one biography that you're just, you know, obsessed with. It's like a go-to book. You'd recommend it to anyone else. Definitely Washington, George Washington's book. It's by Ron Chernow. And he's actually probably one of my favorite authors. Just done a, a fantastic job and I always think back to the immense opportunity he had to to go down a different path and he chose the one he did, right? And the ability to, to stick to your the strategy and the plan and, and execute and it's impacted me. How long are we talking here though? Is this like one of those gnarly biographies that's gonna be thirty hours? Uh probably. <laughs> I think I think it's a good thousand pages right around there. So <laughs> But it's a page tumor, they say. <laughs> I'm going to read it, John. I'll be very bad if it's uh, if it's no good. <laughs> Let's switch gears now. Let's dive into the company. So I'd introduced you as an asset management platform. I think some people listening may think that it's you know, asset management as it relates to finance and investments, but that's not what we're talking about here. So what are we talking about here, John? Yeah, for sure. So we're in the the fun world of you know asset equipment, property ecosystem, right? So everything from HVAC equipment to buildings to, you know, infrastructure vehicles, you know, all sorts of assets. That's the world that we live and swim in. And and honestly, that's where I've I've come up in. This happens to be my my fifth startup and every one of them has been in the property and equipment ecosystem. And what is it about this ecosystem that excites you? I think because it's one of those untouched to technology relative to the opportunity, right? And there's a lot of folks working in in the ecosystem, in the property space, in the equipment space. But when you look at it compared to, you know, the money that goes into fintech or into AI now, right, or other or other platforms, it's been relatively resistant to technology. And I think there's a moment in time happening right now where, you know, where it's needed because there's when you think about this this asset class, right? I believe the number is something around. $214 trillion worth of, you know, property assets and globally. And it's just, it's a, such a humongous market and it's just, it's been, you know, it's been very stagnant and there's been some great successes, but you know, what I found is that you put the right amount of effort in and you have the experience, you're able to, to do some very unique things in the space. Are you seeing a shift now where investors are more interested in unsexy businesses or like you said, you're not fintech or not, you know, cybersecurity software, but businesses like this, are you seeing a shift there where investors are more open to backing these types of opportunities? hundred percent, honestly, you know, and I think, so our company's headquartered out of Buffalo, New York, and our first kind of tech unicorn was a company called ACV Auctions. And they're in the business of you know, trading vehicles between car dealerships. And so, you know, that was something that really impacted me because it's, it truly is. 
right? An unsexy industry. And, you know, for us, we're in this property and equipment space, massive opportunity, right? But you really, I think one of the things too, is you have to come with a lot of experience because it's hard to move, you know, folks who are used to doing things a certain way, especially in, in this space, right? Technicians and and maintenance folks and and property managers and CFOs and all these individuals. And you got to really be able to, to speak to each of them. And then what we're seeing, and I'm seeing honestly on on the investment side, probably goes to the fact that, you know, we had a pretty competitive Series A. And, you know, and I know obviously it's an interesting market right now, <laughs> especially, you know, especially just across the board. And, you know, we were in the fortunate position of having, you know, opportunity to choose what we thought was was best. And we had some great investors that we were looking at and that we had term sheets and it was a really hard decision, but really excited about the way it came out for us. And I'm guessing you're in a pretty unique position too, right? Because your customers aren't startups. A lot of the companies that I work with and a lot of the founders that I speak to, you know, they're building software and they're selling that software to software companies. So <laughs> when software companies have been crushed from a valuation perspective, uh, and everything else that's going on, you know, the startups have been affected as well. But for you, it's a totally different market, right? Completely different. And so our actual customer is the insurance industry. That's a, an interesting twist on our conversation, right? And we provide solutions for insurers who then in turn provide our solutions to the customers that they insure, properties, buildings. And so, you know, we're in this unique position where we are dealing with a couple of industries here who are old and antiquated, but really looking for change. And then allows us, that has also been very helpful to us in our, in our go-to-market, right? Because we're able to scale very efficiently. There's a great post, if any of your followers uh, follow Andreessen Horowitz, but they put out a recent article not too long ago talking about, you know, B2B2C, right? And that's the businesses partnering with other businesses who then drive to customers and that really helps with the, you know, the cost of acquisition. Right? We're very efficient at that. We actually, you know, I was just the other day chatting with a, a fund manager and he had a hard time believing our our burn compared to, you know, where we would be against other, I guess, traditional startups. And a lot of it has to do with just how we've been able to really, you know, distribute and expand it in a very efficient manner. And can you help us visualize, you know, what the platform does for an insurance company? Oh yeah, it's the best thing ever. We help them manage risks and losses. Great. So if you think about it, you know, insurance companies are actually the ultimate risk holder, right, of a property. And if you think about maybe like a simply think about your home for a second, right? Or your apartment, your condo, whatever it might be. You as the owner, the renter, right, are directly responsible in managing property and assets and, you know, whether it's you have everything running right, efficiently tracking everything, taking advantage of anything that's out there, you're the one who's you know who's traditionally been on the hook. But the insurance company is the one who backstops you, right? They're the one who provides support so that if a if an incident happens, that they can you know they can essentially help provide financial support, obviously, or other resources. And that's really what we've done with them, right? So we've built essentially a form of what we call a property management software. And I say a form of because we're not in the business of, you know, helping tenants pay for rent or anything like that. You know, it's truly that that property, the building, the assets, the infrastructure. And we gather a tremendous amount of data from the insurance companies, which we've really unlocked 
and then from the properties, giving them tools like like a work order management system or asset management, maintenance management, vendor management, right? The whole, the list goes on and it gives an insurance company the ability to truly see what's going on in a property and then help drive action. And drive action, you know, this isn't something that really took me a while to to wrap my head around because when I thought of insurance companies early on and, you know, I should preface by saying, I sure do not come from the insurance industry space. This is, you know, two and a half years in. So uh, slowly working towards our PhD here. But, you know, when you think about an insurer and the way I have always thought about them is, you know, paying them, just paying them every month, which is wonderful, right? From a business perspective, get that reoccurring revenue. But, oh man, I got a problem. You know, it's going to be increased rates. It's a whole thing. And what's happening in the insurance industry right now is there is a substantial increase in risk happening, Means meaning that claims are increasing and they're outpacing premiums, which means that premiums are going to go up. And we're not talking basis points. We're not talking, you know, single digit percentage points. We're talking real substantial increases in what, you know, you and I are going to be paying. And it has to do with, they're not going to lay their business. They got to stay around. They got to make money. And if they're going to provide capacity, provide risk, they got to be able to backstop these failures. And it's increasing at an exponential rate. And so insurers are really driving towards helping properties understand what they have and then potentially paying for some or all of the problem before it becomes a claim. This crazy statement I just said there, but if you think about it, that means that there's a massive amount of budget that we're working with and that's premiums. And the goal is to reduce claims and affect help there what's called the loss ratio by being proactive. And so there's a major shift in the industry and we happen to be, you know, at the tip of the spear. Our seed round was led by a company called Munich Reventures based out of San Francisco. And they're the largest reinsurance company in the world. So their footprint is absolutely massive. And, you know, we have been very fortunate to be in this position where we had a lot of team members and a lot of resources in different parts of the industry, properties, assets, software development. And they really believed in what we were building and our mission and helped us really grow. And, you know, it's shown by, I think so far this year, we've added over 100,000 buildings onto our platform. So we're just, you know, we're really in a hyper growth mode right now. Wow. So 100,000 how many did you add last year? You know, probably somewhere around, I would say 15,000. So we are we are growing. And, and part of it has to do with how we embedded ourselves in the insurance process and really turned on some of the vehicle and the distribution. And, you know, the number of properties that everything's insured, right? And we're in this unique space where we don't compete with anyone. We really, we're really a new business model and a new ecosystem that collaborates. And so because of that, we've been able to really define value for all the stakeholders. This show is brought to you by Frontlines Media, a podcast production studio that helps B2B founders launch, manage, and grow their own podcast. Now, if you're a founder, you may be thinking, I don't have time to host a podcast. I've got a company to build. Well, that's exactly what we built our service to do. You show up and host and we handle literally everything else. To set up a call to discuss launching your own podcast, visit frontlines.io slash podcast. Now back to today's episode. What do you attribute to that success? Any founder listening in would say, yep, I want that. I, I want to grow that fast. I want to have you know, a customer base like that. What do you think you've gotten right? Oh man, we get everything right now. It, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, like 
honestly being flexible, right? Because we started out with a different strategy and myself and several of our team members come from, you know, I ran the federal dealership at one point for a company called Ingersoll Rand, one of the largest air compressor manufacturers in the world. And so I had that business that I owned and built and eventually exited. And, you know, what we realized was manufacturers are are wonderful at selling equipment, but have a very difficult time in staying connected. And so our strategy was to build a platform that that enables that. And when we were introduced to Munich Reventures and they got a hold of our our pre-seed pitch deck. That's like how early this was. You know, there's a gentleman, Jay, over there who just an awesome investor and, you know, understood what we were doing and and explained to us the problems that were happening in the insurance industry. And then we spent, you know, a couple months just kind of talking back and forth about what could be done and and then building the business case and, you know, going through all the things that an investor needs to do on diligence. And what I love about, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of corporate venture capital. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of my most of my time in the past 20 years, and that's, you know, working with those space because you have folks who are very sophisticated in capital allocation, but also bring value creation for the startup. And, you know, that's a hard thing to accomplish as a startup because corporations are traditionally risk adverse, right? So you have to overcome a lot of hurdles for them to, to bring you into their ecosystem, right? You think about reinsurers, they manage risk. Risk of a startup is high, right? And so to overcome that hurdle, there's a lot of work that went into that and, and for any, you know, CVC. But yeah, so I'd say just be flexible, listen to what's going on around you and and move as quickly as possible when, when the opportunity presents itself. And from a go-to-market perspective, what would you say was like the single greatest challenge that you've faced so far that you've overcome? Understanding the insurance industry, 100%. You know, it is a different language. And you probably say that about every industry, right? We work with, you know, we, so our, our Series A was led by National Grid Partners, which is the venture capital arm of National Grid. And they're, they're a massive utility in the US and the United Kingdom. And so, you know, the way I think about it is, you know, they speak utility, right? Insurer speak insurer, property speak property, and, you know, having the ability to understand and communicate value to each one of them is instrumental. I think another company called Risk IQ that worked with National Grid Partners. Not familiar. I'll have, I'll have to check them out. They do have a really awesome portfolio of companies that they've been investing in. Hmm. Super interesting. Now, let's talk a little bit about you or a bit more about you. So one thing we like to always ask about two are like superpowers. So is there a specific skill that you think you're just the best in the world at or one of the best in the world at? Well, I'm a salesman at heart, so I guess uh, best salesman, but um, it is probably there's two things that I really refined over my time as, as an entrepreneur. And the first one would be the ability to align incentives. That's pretty much the foundation of how I think, right? It's why do I want it and why do they want it and what's in it for everybody? And then how do you, how do you align them? If I can't do that, then I don't waste my time or anyone else's time. And, you know, that can be a process. You can be communicative, speaking to folks, but that is something that I focus on and I, I really drive home within the company as well. And then I would think the other thing that, that I've worked really hard at is just managing people, right? Is as you grow, I found once you get past that first few people in an organization, you have a lot of unique individuals who bring incredible value, especially, you know, let's call it pre 
Series C, right? So like still pretty early on in any company, in any startup. And even though you can get to, you know, a hundred plus people, that's not a massive corporation. And so you're, you're dealing with a lot of personalities, a lot of people, and you got to move everyone and work with them to drive the outcomes that you're looking for, because you don't have all the infrastructure set up yet. We're still building everything. It's one of my favorite things, honestly. I love, you know, my favorite moments in any startup is the early days building, creating, and then building the infrastructure. Is it ever hard to maintain motivation for you after you get past that you kind of build and creation phase in the early days? Not really. Fortunately, I am a, uh, if you happen to ever chat with any of the folks that I work with, I'm I highly energized and highly motivated, but I believe uh, very deeply in what in what we're doing and honestly in everything I've done, right? I, I've been in the unique position of being self-employed since I was 23 and, you know, worked really hard to be in that position. And I guess what I should say self-employed is I've always worked for my shareholders, but it's been a very fortunate position for me to be in. Andy, if you reflect on the journey so far, what would be the number one piece of advice you'd give to yourself if you were just starting the company again from scratch? That is a wonderful question. (laughs) The advice I would give myself would be take time in getting to know the different team members that you're working with and understanding their core assets. And so let me give you an example. I've come from quite a business we did structured finance. So energy assets, right? So truly bring capital to projects. I ran a dealership for Ingersoll Rand. You know, I had a few other companies. This is my first traditional software business. And, you know, I've had to learn quite a bit about product development, product management, right? Software development. And we've made a lot of right decisions, right? And that part of that has to do with the incredible talent that I was able to, you know, to bring in around around me when I formed this company, one from my co-founder, you know, Mike. Fortunately, you know, he also happens to be my brother-in-law. So was working on him for a number of years. His, uh, he's the, uh, you know, the computer science guy in, in the room. But when you kind of then build out, it put us in this very, you know, very always learning position and, and still to this day, right? You know, we were fortunate to recently hire a, you know, very seasoned executive from Google who I think he was at Dell and HP before that. And, you know, really has been tremendously successful in in software sales and and really being able to listen and understand what they do and learn from it. So hopefully a long-winded answer, but uh, you know, I think that would probably be the the best thing to say is listen and, and learn. I like long-winded answers. So <laughs> always the good ones I find. Now yes. final question here for you. Let's zoom out. So maybe three to five years from today. What's that vision? What are you building? We're building operating software that brings multiple ecosystems together under one platform. And so, you know, starting with the property and asset management ecosystem, you know, it's provided the properties, they're they're able to work in there and execute. But, you know, we've been fortunate in bringing in the insurers, you know, we're now bringing in the utilities and we're working very closely with manufacturers, distributors and and contractors. So, you know, when, when I take that step back, and I, you know, I talked earlier about this moment in time happening. Every one of these industries has been, you know, just very resistant to change, very resistant to, you know, coming off pen and paper sometimes, right? Excel spreadsheets are ruled today. And we've happened to align incentives and value creation in a way where you've got, I would say, 
some of the largest, you know, outside of the the finance world, some of the largest industries around manufacturing, energy, insurance, properties. And we got them all working with us on our platform. We got a lot of work to do, right? <laughs> there is a, our roadmap is extensive and, you know, we have to continually remind ourselves to stay incredibly focused, but execution, right? Bringing the right team around, we're in the position where, where we're able to move move quickly and gain that market share that we're working towards. Amazing. I love the vision. All right, John, we are up on time, so we're going to have to wrap. If any founders are listening in or any investors that are listening in want to get in touch, where should they go? You can find me on LinkedIn, although I would recommend also shooting me an email at john.dewald at helixintel.com. So, you know, please reach out if you're interested. We're growing fast and we love partnering. You know, it's a big ecosystem out there and we're, we're finding that we can move faster with partners. So looking forward to it. Amazing. John, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Really appreciate it and really enjoyed the conversation. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right. Keep it dead. This episode of Category Visionaries is brought to you by Frontlines Media, Silicon Valley's leading podcast production studio. If you're a B2B founder looking for help launching and growing your own podcast, visit frontlines.io slash podcast. And for the latest episode, search for Category Visionaries on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. 